Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Hey everyone, happy Sunday to all of you. My name is Bodhi. I'm one of the pastors here in Victory, and we would like to welcome you to church today. Happy first week of August. We can start the countdown. In a month's time, Christmas will officially start here in the Philippines. I'm sure that everyone is excited. I pray that as the Burr months enter, that we will somehow be in a better situation than where we are right now. A lot of us are still spending most of our time at home. And just as an update, for the past four months, I've been trying to fix my room. I've made little progress. I'm still far from where I want to be. But right now, I just want to share with you what I found this week. My old DVD collection, which I used to value so much. But I must admit to you guys, I can't wait to get rid of it right now. Anyone interested in barter? I'm just kidding. But yeah, I used to value it. But when I was presented with a better option, with Netflix, I got to thinking, asking myself, why would I carry five to ten movies that are this bulky and this expensive when I can actually have a thousand or more movies, TV series, and K-dramas at the palm of my hand with this thin a thing through Netflix. You see, people, no matter how much they used to enjoy something, when you present them with a better option, they would willingly leave that behind, no matter how much they used to enjoy it. And I could say for myself right now that life with Netflix is way better than life with DVDs or VHS tapes for the older folks. And just the same with life. I could say that life with Jesus is way better than life in sin. Yes, you heard me right. Life with Jesus is way better than life in sin. Before, we used to enjoy sin so much. Some of us still do. But once we experience the relationship with Jesus Christ that can give us true joy, peace, happiness, things that sin cannot give us, we would be willing to leave that life behind. And, you know, if somehow you don't agree with what I just said, I invite you, I encourage you to stay for the next couple of minutes. We'll talk about it more. And I pray that you will see where I am coming from. We are still in our series entitled The Gospel Explained. For the past weeks, we have been going through the book of Romans, talking about God's grace. And this is a topic that I don't mind talking about week after week. I never get tired of it because every time we talk about God's grace, how undeserving we are, and how gracious He is. It never fails. It always leaves me with a clearer and a bigger picture of God's love every time. Imagine, we used to be enemies of God. We used to be sinners deserving nothing but death. We were condemned. We were hopeless. But everything changed when Jesus entered the picture, praise God. He came down from heaven to earth to represent us. He brought our sins to the cross and He suffered to the point of death to save us from our sins, to save us from death. And we might ask, why did He do that? We don't deserve it. I tell you, we really don't and we never will. But it's not about us. It's all about His great love. It's all about His grace. It's all about His compassion. It is all about Him. And, you know, through Jesus, we have received a new life. A new life that comes with a new record. Instead of guilt, we are given forgiveness. He takes away our dirty record 
And He gives us His clean, perfect, and sinless record, which gives us a new righteousness as well. When the Father looks at us now, He no longer sees our sins, but He sees the holiness of Jesus Christ. And with that comes a new identity. As I said, we used to be enemies, but now we are children that He loves dearly. And He gives us a new future as well. Instead of being headed for eternal destruction, eternal death, we can now look forward to eternal life. And this is all a product of God's grace through Jesus Christ. Not because of what we have done, not because of our works, but only because of Christ's finished work on the cross. In Jesus Christ, we have received grace upon grace upon grace upon grace that will last for an entire lifetime. It is beyond words. And along with all of those things that He gives us, he, we also receive a new master. We are no longer under the dominion and the power of Satan who promises pleasure but actually gives us death. Our new master is our heavenly father, God, who promises us a full life, not only in this world, but for eternity. And I tell you, God always delivers what he promises. Again, grace upon grace upon grace upon grace in Jesus Christ. Does grace mean that all of my sins have been forgiven and paid for? Yes. Does grace mean that I have been spared, freed from the ultimate punishment of sin, which is death? Yes. Does grace mean that I can sin all I want? What do you say? The old us would love that idea. Again, is it possible for a Christian to continue living in sin? I will allow the scriptures to answer that question. We will hear how Paul responded to that. Let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 6, verses 15 to 23. I'll be reading from the ESV version, Romans 6, 15 to 23. It says here, What then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking to you in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, So now, present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for your word that continues to speak to us, that continues to transform us. I pray that you open our hearts and open our minds today. Allow us to understand who we are right now because of what you have done, Jesus Christ. Set us free from old mindsets, mindsets of slavery to sin, And allow us to live out the lives of freedom and victory that you have purchased for us on the cross. Once again, Holy Spirit, we invite you 
to be our teacher. Transform us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So last week, Paul asked a rhetorical question saying, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Translation, should we sin so that we can receive grace all the more? Paul answers, by no means. Seeing grace as a license to sin shows us that we don't understand grace at all. Again, seeing grace as a license to sin shows us that we don't understand grace at all. We were united with Christ when we believed in Him. We were united in baptism. Everything that He did, it's as if we did that as well. As He died on the cross, we too died. We died to our old selves and we died to sin. And what? how does a dead person respond to sin? Unmoved, unfaced, cool, chill, talk to the hand. He ignores sin. He does not respond to it. And you know, just as we have died to sin, and just as Jesus resurrected from the dead, we too have been given new lives. Grace sets us free, not just from the payment of sin, which is death, but also from the power of sin. Sin no longer has any dominion over us because the same spirit that was in Jesus Christ that conquered sin now resides in us. And Paul ends this section, the answer to that question, by saying that we believers are no longer under the law, but now under grace. What does that mean? Us no longer under the law, but under grace. Before, we used to think that salvation could be attained by keeping the law perfectly, by our own works. But the Bible says in Isaiah that our works are useless, are like filthy rags, are nonsense when it comes to salvation. There is no way, no matter how hard we work, that we can save ourselves. The law was never meant to save us. The law was actually given to reveal to us our sinfulness, to show us how hopeless we are, how we cannot save ourselves, and to point us to Jesus Christ. It is actually an invitation for us to come to Him and to receive His grace. And through His grace, we have been set free from the heavy burden of keeping the law. We have been set free from the curse that the law brings, death. Now, those who are under the law receive condemnation. But those who are under grace, those who choose to put their complete trust in Jesus Christ, receive justification instead. Justification, a right standing with God. He now sees us as holy, as righteous, regardless of the things that we have done and are doing. Grace gives us righteous standing before God, regardless of our past, present, and future sins. Through Jesus Christ, we have received justification, reconciliation, and salvation. Which leads us to the question this week. They ask in Romans 6.15, Are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Translation to the question, Now that I am free, and saved from condemnation, free from the ultimate consequence of sin, which is death. Is it okay for me, a believer, to sin occasionally? Like once in a while, like once every two weeks? I don't think it's that bad. After all, Jesus Christ already paid for my sins. It has been paid for. Can I do it? The unlimited mentality. Only. Let me tell you, it works for rice. 
it works for some gipsal, but let us not apply it to grace. Let us not go on a sin buffet. This reveals, this kind of thinking reveals our sinful hearts. You know, um, we are always looking for ways to get away with disobedience, ways to get away with sin. And let's admit it, we all thought about this. Some of us still think about this often, and the thought kind of excites us. So again, going back to the question, can we continue to enjoy sin as believers? We can, but should we? Again, should we? Paul answers this question by saying, by no means. It was like he was saying, no way, don't even go there. What are you thinking? Seeing grace as a license to sin shows that we don't understand grace at all. When we talk about grace, because God gives it in abundance, it is prone to be misunderstood. Now, the problem is not grace. Again, the problem is us because we are constantly looking for ways to justify sin and disobedience. Now, Paul, how did he answer this question? To keep it short, he simply said, what we do reveals who we belong to. Again, should we continue living in sin? What we do reveals who we belong to. When it comes to that choice, first question we have to ask ourselves, who is our master? Paul answers this question by using slavery as an illustration. Not that Paul was promoting slavery, but according to verse 19, he was saying that this is the language that most of you understand, therefore I will use this so that you can relate to how I will explain this thing. You see, back then in Rome, a big part of the population were slaves because the Romans had a lot of foreign conquests. Every time they conquered cities, instead of killing the people there, they brought them home as slaves. And, you know, instead of killing them off. Now, he explains in Romans 6, 16, Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Paul explains to us that all of us are slaves without any exception. The question is, whose slave are we? In Filipino, we have that running joke where we tag people as slaves of what takes up most of their time and their energy. Alipin ng trabaho. Those people who are workaholics, who go overtime, who are obsessed with promotion. We also have people who are alipin ng pag-ibig. Soldiers of love. People who are martyrs, who would do anything, anything for the person that they love. We also have people that we call alipin ng salapi. Those who are greedy, those who would do anything, even what is evil, just so that they can earn money. What we do shows what we are devoted to. And we may be devoted to a lot of things, but according to these verses, Paul says that we can actually just be a slave to two things. Sin, which reveals to us that our master is the enemy, and righteousness, which reveals to us that our master is God. Again, what we do reveals who we belong to. Just think about the things that you have done for the past week. Who would be your master based on the decisions that you have made? Let's remember sin is very deceptive and manipulative. 
It plays to our desires, making us think that what we feel is actually the right thing. It makes us believe that we are its masters, but, you know, it makes us believe that we are in control, but it's actually the other way around. Prior to meeting Christ, as Paul says here, we are all slaves to sin. We couldn't help but give in to temptation, give in to our selfish desires, thinking that it was the right thing to do. Listen to your heart is what they say. Listen to your heart. You'll be okay. Shout out to all the 80s babies there. Um, it has a very nice melody, but the meaning actually uh, is not very biblical because if we follow our heart's desires, it will deceive us because the heart is evil. If we read from Jeremiah 17, 9, the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We give in to our desires thinking that the path with less resistance is actually the right path when it is actually not. We should actually go to the path of resistance because we need to go against the sinful nature that we have been so used to feeding. It says in verses 17 to 18, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. When we receive Jesus Christ from from slaves of sin, we become slaves of righteousness. Grace ends our slavery to sin, giving us the freedom to obey God. Now, some might argue, isn't it the other way around? Freedom is being able to do what I want to do, which I can no longer do when I obey Christ. Now, we have to understand the concept of freedom. When we talk about sin, it starts with one quote-unquote innocent and simple decision to sin, to lie, for example, just this once. But then that lie needs to be covered up with another lie, and we say this is the last time. But then we continue to say this is the last time for 5, 10, 20, 30 times, and we reach a point where we have to, we feel that we have to keep lying to cover up for the original lie, to save face, which reveals to us that we actually don't control sin. Sin controls us. It is a continuous cycle. Another example, young men are made to believe that, you know, before you get married, you have to maximize your being single by going out with all the girls that you want. Collect and collect and then select. We think that it is practical and we think that we will eventually get over it and we'll be able to cut it off. But it's actually setting us up for a life of womanizing once we get married because we have created that habit that would be hard to break. We see that more than the habit being broken, families, more families are broken because of that kind of thinking. We see that sin, we don't control sin, sin actually controls us. So when we talk about freedom, Freedom is not actually doing the things that we want to do, but doing the things that God has called us to do, being set free from sin, which interferes with that. Let's remember that God created us to honor Him and to worship Him. And again, sin interferes with that. Honoring God and sinning cannot coexist. Now we ask, who is your master? Is it sin or righteousness? Another question that we have to ask as we make that decision to go continue living in sin, what fruit will it produce? 
Romans 6.19 says, For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Choosing to feed our sinful desires makes it stronger to the point that it becomes a habit that is difficult to break. Again, I say difficult, not impossible. Difficult with our own power, well, impossible with our own power, but not with the power that God gives us. Sin offers temporary pleasure, but entangles us, according to Hebrews. Entangles us in with a rope that, you know, it would be hard to break free from it. And sadly, as it is written here, sin ends in death. Is that really freedom? Making that first decision, but then getting entangled in it and, you know, leading to death, which we can no longer fight. If that is freedom, then I don't want any part of it. Ravi Zachariah said, Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Again, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. How many people do we know, or even ourselves, that have a hard time giving up smoking, excessive drinking, drugs, porn, womanizing, fornicating? Let us not allow sin to be our master. Again, it is deceptive. It will keep us longer than we would want to. And it would really give us a difficult time trying to break free from it. As we continue reading in verse 21, it says here, But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Aside from sin destroying us, our character, it also destroys our relationship with God. Sin brings guilt and shame. And you know, just like what happened to Adam and Eve, instead of being drawn closer to God, sin actually leads us to run away from Him, to hide from Him. Sin destroys the fellowship that we have with Him. And let's remember, we won't be able to experience the fullness of life that God has promised here on earth apart from our relationship with Him. So again, let us not choose the temporary pleasures of sin which actually mar that wonderful relationship that we have with Him, a relationship that brings joy, peace, love, comfort, everything that we will ever need in this life that this world cannot offer. Now, choosing sin, choosing righteousness over sin, on the other hand, doesn't produce death, but according to the verse, produces sanctification. What is sanctification? Sanctification is actually the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As Christians, we are not perfect. I'm sure that everyone knows that. We still sin. But, you know, as we submit to Him, the Holy Spirit progressively transforms us to become more like Jesus Christ, moment by moment, day by day, from glory to glory. Again, we are a work in progress, but let us not use that to continue to relax, slack off, and live in sin. We are a work in progress. We continually submit ourselves to transformation. And in truth, you know, when it comes to us being believers, the goal is not to just be good or better than other people. The goal is to become more like Christ. And you might say that that's impossible. Yes, it is with our own power. But God supplies us with the power, the ability to say no to sin and to say yes to righteousness so that every day we inch ourselves closer to the men and the women that He has called us to be 
until that day that we meet Him face to face. A proper understanding of grace leads to obedience, not lawlessness. Again, a proper understanding of grace leads to obedience, not lawlessness. Titus 2, 11 to 12 says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, renounce them, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Paul said, Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. We are no longer under the law, but we are now under grace. Paul said all of these things not to lead us to live a life of sin, not to encourage us to use grace as an excuse, but he actually said all of these things to inspire us to righteousness, to inspire us to obedience and holiness. Let us remember, Jesus came down from heaven to earth. He gave up his throne and he suffered here to the point of death to save us from our sins. If we truly understand what he had to go through, the suffering that he went through, what he didn't deserve. He did that for us. What he had to give up. I don't think the thought of going back to our sinful ways would even cross our minds if we truly understand what he did for us. Let us not cheapen what Jesus Christ did by using grace as an excuse for disobedience and for sin. He died to save us from that life. Let's not go back to it. Let us value his sacrifice. I would like to ask the parents, how would you feel if your children, if you see your children wasting your hard-earned money, the allowance that you have given them in gambling or in drugs? It would break your heart. I pray that as we are faced with the choice to sin or to obey, for sin or righteousness, I pray that we would always make the choice that would show how much we value what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. We ask ourselves, who is our master? What, what fruit does it produce? And the final question is, what is its end result? In verse 21 and 22, it says, But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Choosing sin ultimately leads to death. Choosing righteousness ultimately leads to life. We only have two choices and we only have two destinations. I pray that we will make the right choice. Hearing all of these things, all of those questions being answered, would you still believe that a life in sin is better than a life with Jesus Christ? Foolish people live for the moment. They only look at the temporary pleasure that they can experience in the now, not thinking of the end result. But wise people look at the end result so that they can make better decisions in the now. My question is, who is your master? Who will you choose to serve? When we talk about being slaves, slaves to sin or slaves to righteousness, being a slave usually has a negative connotation because a lot of the masters here in our world are evil and selfish. They only think about what will profit them or what will benefit them, even if it's at the expense of their servants or their slaves. But when we go back to the word slave, it means submitting to someone, obeying someone, serving someone. I remember that time when one of the companies, one of the first companies who started setting up a break room 
inside their office. A room that contains big screens and top-of-the-line gaming consoles that employees can use during breaks. And in the break room, they have a ref where all of the drinks that you would want are actually there. And you have a cabinet, a pantry filled with all of the snacks that anyone could wish for. And a lot of people said, I want to work in that company because the, the executives, the owners know how to take care of their employees. Would you actually mind being a slave to a master who loves unconditionally, who is crazy generous, who would give up his own life so that his servants, his slaves could receive the best? Some of you might say, a master like that doesn't exist. But I'm actually talking about a master that exists. Our Heavenly Father, who gave up His one and only Son to save His slaves from death, to save His slaves from sin. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Choosing sin yields death. But choosing righteousness, choosing God, choosing Him to be the Master, the Lord of our lives brings eternal life and it is free. We don't have to pay for it. And this wonderful Master is a Master who looks at us not just as slaves, but He looks at us as children that He loves so much. Again, that's why I can say that life with Jesus is way better than life in sin. Knowing all of these things, I pray that it would lead us to make better choices, not just today, but every single day of our lives. Let us choose sin over righteousness. Let us choose righteousness over sin, I mean. Don't, uh, don't mistake one for the other. And let us choose God instead of our selfish desires instead of the enemy. Once again, I pray that we would always choose to offer our lives to righteousness which leads to eternal life. That being said, I'd just like to pray for all of us right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful reminder. First and foremost, we already thank you for the salvation that you have given each and every one of us. We thank you for the new identity. We thank you that you have set us free from slavery to sin. I pray that just as you have given us that position, that gift, I pray that our minds and our hearts would catch up. Help us to get rid of the old mindsets of slavery. Every time, let, every time we have to make a choice, remind us of this truth, that we have already been set free from that and you have actually made us slaves to righteousness, slaves to obedience. And I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to just put a new heart in us, a heart that willingly obeys you, a heart that joyfully obeys you, knowing that what you ask us to do is actually for our benefit. Again, transform us. Help us to become like you every single day. Those people who are struggling with sin right now, Lord, I pray that you give them new desires. Any desire that doesn't come from you, purge our hearts, purge our minds of that. And help us to see that true joy and true peace and happiness, the things that we are looking for, can only be found as we obey you. Lord, just as you have given us your all, I pray that we may give you our all as well. And we will do all of these things not to save ourselves, but to show our gratitude to you. 
right now, I'd just like to pray for a specific group of people. If you haven't received the eternal life that Jesus Christ is offering to us, if you haven't received that new life, I would like to give you that opportunity right now. All we have to do is to open up our hearts and to receive Jesus Christ in our lives. It says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And how do we receive that gift? In Christ Jesus, our Lord. We will invite Him in our lives right now. I'd like to ask you to follow me in this prayer. Say it with all of your heart, mean it, and talk to Jesus Christ Himself. Follow after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying for a sinner like me. I ask for forgiveness for trying it out on my own. And right now, I acknowledge that I cannot save myself. I acknowledge that you died on the cross to save me, to pay for my sins, and that you rose again. And today, I invite you in my life. I invite you in my heart to be my Lord and Savior. I receive you. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love and the eternal life that only you can give. Help me to know you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer for the very first time, I would like to congratulate you. That is the best decision that you have made your entire life. And if you would like to know the next step that you would take, we would like to connect with you. We would like to pray for you. We'd actually like to invite you to our connect room, which we will open at the end of this service. I will be there. I will be waiting for you. Uh, to answer your questions and to pray for you. We hope to see you there. If you are in need of prayer, you can drop by our Connect Room as well. And you know, every time we talk about the Word of God, we talk about it not just for information, but our heart is for us to apply it in our lives. So we have prepared some discussion questions, which we are flashing on the screen right now. You can take a photo, a screenshot of it, and you can discuss it with your family over a meal, or you can discuss it with your victory group or with your friends as well. Once again, we would just like to thank you for joining us today. I'd like to speak a special blessing for all of you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and grant you peace. Thank you, Lord God, that you will continue to fill us with your spirit this week to choose righteousness over sin, to choose to honor you. And as we honor you, thank you that we will be able to point people to you. Bless your people this coming week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this message. Share it to your friends and to your family. Share this live stream and see you next week. subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.